When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. Wasted. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. Was it Henry the Fourth? No, it's Henry the Sixth. Henry the Sixth. Part two. Part two. The sequel. Even Henry. Hey there, welcome to another episode of... True Crimes. Against Wine. Yes, with a monster. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited for today. Are you excited? I am Judge Topher. Oh yes, that's right. I'm Judge Topher. <laughs> <laughs> Today's our memento episode. <laughs> I'm Judge Rachel. Judge Rachel is going to take us through a very literary history today. I am. And Judge Topher is going to take us into the vines again. Yeah. See what we got. Yeah. We're revisiting a region that we did, I believe, last season. Mm -hmm. But it's been a minute. Okay. So we're going to Los Caneros, Ooh. which is in California, just north of San Francisco. Okay. And it's really unique because it's actually a subregion that is part of two larger regions. Oh, cool. So it's okay. part of both Sonoma and Napa. Depending on which side you are, it'll be ascribed to either Napa or Sonoma. Oh, I like that. Cool. Which is cool, yeah. It's nestled in off the bay, so it's got like really foggy mornings mm. and kind of a cooler, windier climate, mm -hmm. which allows for a longer growing season. And what that means is that you get a lot more vibrance and vividness of flavor mm. going on with the grapes. Okay. Because it takes them longer to ripen. Oh, okay. Well, I'm excited to try our wine today. I see, am excited too. See how it compares to the description you just gave us. Yeah, I'm excited too because we are doing a California Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. Your favorite. Which is famously not my favorite. Yes. However. <laughs> yes. There's been a recent surge in a change in the style that they do in mm -hmm. Carnero specifically. Okay. Because of, excuse me, because of the cooler climate, it suits itself more to a French style of winemaking. Mm. So they're veering away from the malolactic fermentation and the heavy use of oak okay. and more into stainless steel or like neutral French oak mm. and only a portion of the wine being malolactic. So I don't know for sure that that's going to be the style that we're looking at today, Okay, but it's possible. Because that's what's happening in the region. Mm -hmm. Cool. I'm excited to try this. Already a lovely golden color. Yeah, it's a very light gold. Mm -hmm. Ooh, it has a strong scent. Ooh, it does. What are you getting on the nose? Apple. Apple for sure. Yeah. Yes, good job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I learn sometimes. You do. <laughs> what else are you smelling? I'm smelling a little bit of oak, so I think that okay. this might have been in French oak. Okay. It's just got that, like, kind of toasty spice to it, mm -hmm. you know? Baking spice kind of thing. Mm. A little that? bit of vanilla. You are so impatient. <laughs> you lush. Yes. All right, let's sip. Okay. Ooh, it's a little tart. It is. Definitely has gone through partial malolactic fermentation. Mm-hmm. It's got that creaminess on the mouthfeel yeah. to it. And there's definitely some oak because I'm getting that, again, that toasted vanilla kind of baking spice. Okay. I was going to ask if you got that with the taste. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's almost got apple pie a la mode. Yeah, kind on. of. 
because those ripe apples are still coming through. Mm-hmm. But then that toasted vanilla gives it that apple pie-ish. Yeah. Yeah. I like it so far. It's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see if we'll get something else from the smaller taste as it warms up a mm-hmm. little bit. So far, just my initial impression, this mm-hmm. is a really good autumn wine. Yeah. Harvest time. Mm-hmm. Makes You're, me want to go on a hayride. I was going to say hayride. Yeah. You pop this open. Your DD's, you know, driving the truck with the hay, I guess. <laughs> or your dude. horses are also sober and someone else is commanding the horse. I don't know what you do with horses. Okay. Horses, 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 horses. <laughs> so shall we say what the wine is? Yes. And yeah. And then we'll get reveal. in. Yeah. Our defendant today. Defendant. Mm-hmm. So this is from Cellared by the Michael Mondavi family. Mm-hmm. This is the Los Caneros 2021 Chardonnay Oberon. Mm-hmm. So we are doing a guilty by association mm-hmm. trial today. So we're talking about Oberon, King of the Fairies from Midsummer Night's Dream by William Shatner. Yes, William Shatner. <laughs> Famous Renaissance playwright. Yay. Yay. No, William Shakespeare. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Mm, this is easy drinking wine. Yeah, it is easy drinking. I think our defendant today is possibly the most famous person we've ever done. I think so. Yeah. Definitely the most widely published. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right, so let's talk about Shakespeare. Let's do it. Okay. He was born in... He was born in Stratford-upon-Avon. Born most likely April 23rd. But we're not completely sure of the exact date he was born, but he was born in 1564. Hospital records back then were famously sketched. Right. They hadn't learned how to write yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when he was born. He was the third of eight children. Wow. Lots of big families back then. You yeah, to, like, well, really kind of secure your means of survival. Well, yeah, a lot of kids didn't survive. He was the oldest surviving boy of the family. Okay. So, yeah, a lot of kids just didn't. I mean, it's 1500s. They're going to die of childhood disease, I guess. Accidents. Fires. Fires. I mean, all those thatched roofs. It's going to happen. His dad was an alderman and a glove maker. Okay. We still have aldermen today. What is an alderman? They are church officials who do city things. Why do we vote for them? (laughs) I don't know. No, I don't think they're church officials. Well, in that time. Everybody Everything was a church, church official. official. Yeah. I don't really know what an alderman does. Is it financial? Could be. <laughs> There's no way to know. All right. If only fact we checker's had... going to look this up because like... he actually came to work today. I was like, if only we had someone to check a fact for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fact checker is here today. Woo. Legislators. So they make laws. Okay, well, why not just call them legislators then? Why is there a special thing? I don't know, Topher. No one can explain the mysteries of aldermen. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we've got, according to the dictionary here, Mm -hmm. an elected member of a municipal council. Mm. Or in England before 1974, a member of a county or borough council Next in status to the mayor. Oh, wow. Oh. That's a a high up thing. Yeah. So Shakespeare's daddy was like second in line to the mayor of Stratford-upon-Avon. Yeah. Oh. Do you think he went around town bragging? My dad's the alderman. Probably I would. Yeah. I know you. (laughs) And he makes gloves sometimes. he's a glove maker. So if you have cold hands, talk to my dad. Yeah. And Shakespeare's mom came from a fairly wealthy landowning family. Okay. So he was... 
solidly middle, upper middle class. Mm -hmm. Um, Not from nobility, however. Right. Right. He went to grammar school at that time where the standard curriculum was like Latin, read the Bible. Mathematics. I'm sure he learned to add. I'm sure he did. What if he never learned his numbers? Well, then I would have questions about how he was able to write Richard III and Richard II. Someone else, he was like, Richard. And they're like, what number? He's like, I don't know, do I? I don't know. I'm just a poor boy from a poor family. My dad's the alderman, though, so we're not real poor. Yeah, not a lot is known about Shakespeare's personal life and we're going to talk about some of the conspiracy theories at some point too. Ooh, I love the conspiracy theory. So like all we really have to go on is like general records of the time, which weren't <clears throat> super extensive unless you were, you know, a member of the monarchy or nobility or church. There just wasn't a lot of records for regular folks. Okay, but there's an entire biography about him called Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> That's very true to fact. <laughs> wasn't Ray Fiennes cute in that though? No, it was Joseph. Joseph Fiennes, thank you. I have a huge crush on Joseph Fiennes. He's cute and everything. That's fair. That's fair to say. Do you think Gwyneth deserved the Oscar? Oh, I cannot talk. The Oscar for that role? You know, it's been a long time since I watched that movie. I did not remember that she She did not deserve the Oscar. That's the correct answer. Okay, fair. Take a drink. You're wrong. (laughs) When Shakespeare was 18, he knocked up 26-year-old Anne Hathaway. Uh Uh-huh. Cougar. Mm-hmm. Cougar alert. And so they had to get married real fast. Oh. And six months later, their daughter, Susanna, was born. Oh, Susanna. Mm-hmm. And then a couple years after that, Anne gave birth to twins, Hamnet and Judith. Hamnet? Uh-huh. Mm. Man, celebrity names. Right? I'm telling you. <laughs> well, Hamnet tragically died when he was only 11. Of bad naming? Yes. He couldn't take the... Shame anymore of having a bad name. What did he die from? I don't know. Kids Childhood, stuff. yeah. I don't know. He was run over by a wagon or got a cold. I don't know. Oh, no. Is his grandfather not making him gloves? Yeah. Yeah, his dad was like, no gloves for the kids, in in it? <laughs> ain't it? <laughs> Tover and I are both really good <coughs> at different British accents. Yes. Famously, that's what our podcast Famously. is Famously, yes. For. We're also an accent podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you are an aspiring voice actor, be sure to tune in for tips. And pay us also. Yes. And <laughs> and be sure to pay us for it. <laughs> yes. For, for our time, ain't it? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so there was this period of time from the mid-1580s to the early 1590s that were called the Lost Years by historians and literary critics because there really wasn't any written records of what Shakespeare was doing at this time. People were just like, eh, we're not going to write about it. Yeah, because I mean, think about like when you got married, that was written down on church records and same thing for births and deaths. But this time in between, it was just like, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something. Making gloves. Maybe. Maybe he's like, I don't want to make gloves anymore, Dad. Dad, I want to be an author. I want to write. I've got stories to tell. He did go to London. To where? London. 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 There, you say it better than I do. Tover's the better voice actor. (laughs) And his first, like, documented plays were in 1592. So that's when the records pick up again for him. Okay. So he was a part of an acting and writing group called Lord Chamberlain's Men that later changed to the King's Men when King James I. Wait, you mean the spies? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. He's also a famous spy. 
Tracks. Yeah, tracks. From what we know about Shakespeare, tracks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so he was writing plays and acting and writing poems. He worked at the Globe Theater until it burnt down. Oops. Oopsie. In 1613 when they shot a cannon off during a play and it caught the theater on fire. And they're like, well, that's who, gone now. Who could have predicted that? Yeah. Who would have known shooting a weapon. An explosive. Into this wooden <clears throat> and hay built theater would cause it to fall down. I don't know what it was made of. I'm assuming wood. Yeah. And hay probably. I'm sure it had a thatched roof. Thank you. And probably straw along the floor too. Yeah. To absorb all the spills. Spills and other things. Yeah, spills can come from people. Yeah. <laughs> they can. <laughs> yeah, so that's Shakespeare. Cheers. Cheers to that. That was a great podcast. Yeah, we're done. We're, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> After the globe burnt down, he returned back to Stratford. And he kind of like split his time a little bit between there, like London and Stratford. But he returned pretty much permanently in the 16 teens after the globe burned down. And then he died in 1616 pretty suddenly. He was only 52 oh, when wow. he died. I'm not really sure what it was. Again, who knows? I mean, back in that time, old age. Yeah, or he could have gotten a hangnail and then got sepsis or something. I don't know. Oh, God. They weren't the cleanest. Yeah. Uh. And then he died. His daughters got married. One of his daughters married a vintner. Oh. Yes. Was it Susanna or... Not Hamnet. <laughs> Not Hamnet was the other kid's name. Judith. Judith, yeah. I forget which one. But neither of his daughters had any male heirs. So that's it for the, the Shakespeare, Shakespeare line. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So there aren't any male descendants of William Shakespeare still out and about. Well, maybe now there are some who are men. I don't know. Nope. They famously only had female descendants. Yeah. They're like X chromosome or nothing. Yep. <laughs> that was the synopsis of his life. Now, there are a lot of really fun, I think they're fun, conspiracy theories. I love a conspiracy theory. So what have you heard about Shakespeare? We know he was a spy. We know he was a spy, famously. <laughs> so I have heard that he was at least bisexual. Yes. And that some of the sonnets were written to a certain gentleman. Yes. I've also heard that he did not write all of his stuff. Yep, there's that too. But I can't remember who they said actually wrote it or if they even know. Yeah, so there are some theories. Let's talk about the writing and authorship theory that Francis Bacon or Christopher Marlowe, which I think is the more popular one. Yeah. Or Edward de Vere, the 17th Earl of Oxford, actually wrote all these plays and poems that are attributed to Shakespeare. I remember, so you know... I studied Christopher Marlowe mm -hmm. when I was living in, in London. Mm -hmm. And where? London. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who's definitely, I would not say that I'm an expert in it whatsoever, but mm -hmm. I have studied it. And I never really got that because his style was so different from Shakespeare's. Yeah. He would have had to have like deliberately put on a separate persona mm -hmm. in order to do that. And that just seems like a lot of effort to go to. And why? And for what? For what? What's yeah. the reason? Yeah. And also because he was very deliberately scandalous in his writing. Mm -hmm. So again, what's the point of writing some of the things that are attributed to Shakespeare? Right. And didn't Christopher Marlowe die fairly young? Mm -hmm. And Shakespeare's thirties plays were still going on. Yeah. Wasn't it because of like a bar fight or something? No, he was executed. He was. Who am I thinking of? I'm pretty sure he was executed. There's no way to tell. Only I want to check a fact. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't really get like these, oh, it was this other person who really wrote the plays because in my mind it's always, well, why? What was the right. purpose behind that? If Christopher Marlowe is already a famous 
and well-respected playwright in his own time, why would he make up something? Oh, how did Christopher Marlowe die? Oh, he was stabbed to death in a bar fight. Oh, <laughs> point for Judge Rachel. Fact checker, please start keeping the tally right now. Thank you. <laughs> Which I guess is one way to say you're executed, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, because I know that he was in a lot of hot water with the government. Right. For various things. And he had been at one point arrested as a spy. <gasps> Because playwrights and spies go together, hand in hand, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so let's talk about the other theories about Shakespeare, too, about, oh, he was gay or he was bisexual or he had this other lover that wasn't his wife. Like, maybe. Maybe. We don't know really enough. I think it's hard to say all the poems he wrote were his true personal feelings versus just like an artistic endeavor. Yeah. And I've heard this goes hand in hand with the last conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot more speculation about sonnets not actually being his mm. than I have plays, plays not being his. Yeah. yeah. Well, because he wrote a lot. He was very... There were hundreds. Yeah. So he wrote about 150 sonnets and 37 plays. What's your favorite sonnet? I don't really like his sonnets that much. I'm not a big poetry person. I know you're not, but there's some good ones. They're fine. I mean, sonnets are fine. They're not my thing. Do you have a favorite sonnet? I can't remember the name of it. I think it's 116. Okay. But it's the one that's love is not love, which bends with the remover to remove. Okay. That one. Love does not alter when alteration finds or something like that. Or nor bend with the remover to remove. Yeah. Is an ever fixed mark. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) i just think it's really pretty i agree with you sonnets can be really pretty point for me all right fine drink fine point for judge tofer do you have a favorite shakespeare play oh yes i do oh much ado about nothing oh tell me why so i first got exposed to that through when i was a kid okay through kenneth Branagh's version yes with Emma Thompson yes. and Kate Beckinsale. Denzel Washington, <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And it was the very first time that Shakespeare came alive for me. Oh, okay. And that in a way where it was actually the script of the play and not an adaptation mm. of like, you know, a, a modernization mm-hmm. of it. And it was groundbreaking for me as this 12-year-old to be able to watch Shakespeare mm-hmm. in the original dialect and everything and mm-hmm. be able to understand everything that was happening and get the humor of it mm-hmm. and all of that. Plus, it's just a great cast and it's a fun movie. Yeah. And so that really, I think, is what got me into Shakespeare in the mm-hmm. first place. Okay. Would you say you're like a Shakespeare groupie? Like, am I a, a Kingsman? Yes. Are you a Kingsman? <laughs> I wouldn't say that I would seek out Shakespeare to read. Okay. But I really do enjoy watching Shakespeare. Okay. Have you seen some live performances? I have, yeah. Okay. So when I was in London, I got to see Romeo and Juliet, which mm. I wasn't super excited about because it's that's the one that everybody goes to see. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. again, very overdone. Did you see it at the newly built Globe? I did. Okay, cool. I did. And it was actually really cool because everyone was in modern dress. Okay, nice. And they had a big VW bus on the stage, and that's what... They did for the balcony scene. Oh, like she was up on top cute. of that. Uh-huh. What were I, they hippies? They were kind of hippies. Okay. But what was really cool for me was the, what was it? The nursemaid or the whatever. Nurse, yeah. Yeah, the nurse. She was played by this black woman who sang all of her lines mm. like a spiritual. Mm. And it was just a really cool take on Shakespeare. Yeah. 
because Shakespeare is so pervasive mm-hmm. in our cultural mindset, right? In like liter- literature, history, our entertainment. So there are so many fun adaptations of Shakespeare. Yeah. I saw A Midsummer Night's Dream a couple of years ago. And Did you see it at Shakespeare Tavern? Or? Yes, Shakespeare Tavern in Atlanta. And the actor who was playing Puck was doing like this kind of cool, like, I'm a mischievous, like, punk rock kind of person. But they kind of overdid it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so by the end, inside, I was just like, oh, please just stop. Yeah. <laughs> but they would do like the rock and roll hands and they stick their tongue out like, nah. Which at first I was like, oh, that's kind of a fun little right. view of Puck. But every time Puck was on stage, I was like, we don't need to do it all the time. Yeah. Limit it. We get it. I saw Macbeth at Shakespeare Tavern. Okay. And the actress who played Lady Macbeth mm-hmm. fucking killed it really she was so good she stole the show she was so good that it made everyone else look like amateurs oh yeah you know yeah which was kind of good and bad at the same time do you think they had some beef backstage with her like bitch probably (gasps) probably have you seen her since i've not no one has (laughs) (laughs) it's a mystery and then of course there's so many good movie adaptations of things like there's the one with bryce dallas howard is it 12th night i think so i believe so i haven't seen it it takes place in like a samurai world okay and it's yeah yeah boyfriend and i watched that recently it's just visually very stunning yeah i've not a winter's tale as you like it. As you like Thank it. Thank you. Okay. And then I've not seen The Merchant of Venice with, mm. is it Al Pacino? Is he doing his Al Pacino noises in it? Hoo-ah! Al Pacino plays Shylock. Mm. And I think actually Joseph Fiennes might be in that too. Oh my God. Yeah. As He's one all of over. The main guys. I really want to watch that though, because I do enjoy The Merchant of Venice. I remember reading that. Yeah. When I was in high school, I was part of a Shakespeare class. <sighs> Same. Same, yeah. And would you go around and you would read, you'd each take a part for an act. And you would go around and read the lines and everything. No. Oh, it was so much fun. We would read and then we would discuss what we just read. Mm. But it was fun because you got to actually participate in the action, as it were. Yeah, the class I took was more of a literature class rather than a theater class. So we read the plays and there was a lot of discussion an analysis of the plays. Well, we did that too. Well, it doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound like you got that deep with it, so. <laughs> well, Can I trouble you for more wine, please? Absolutely not. <laughs> what's, uh, what is your favorite Shakespeare play? So I like Hamlet, specifically I've because. Never seen Hamlet. I really like the character of Ophelia. I think because I really like that painting. Oh, yeah. I was it by about. Edward Millay? I always forget the painter's name, and it sounds so stupid because that's really one of my favorite paintings. The one where she's, like, she's, in the water with, like, the flowers. She's in the water, yeah, and the flowers are around her, and her hands are kind of... I don't know why, again, I'm acting out the pose and nobody can see. <laughs> <laughs> Is Malay. Malay, thank you, fact checker. Yeah, and I've I thought about for a long time of getting a tattoo of that. You'd have um, to have somebody that, like, nails it, though. Yes. Because... One wrong thing on it, and and then it's you just ruined. got a weird drowned person exactly. on your back somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> now, have you seen it performed? No, I've seen like different film versions of it. That counts. Yeah, but never. I don't. I mean, I've not seen any of the film versions, and I yeah. want to see. I know that there's one with Mel Gibson and yeah. Glenn Close. Yes, I love Glenn Close, not Mel Gibson. Well. And then I really want to see the Kenneth Branagh, yeah. Kate Winslet version, but I can never find it for available for streaming. You have to get on VHS. 
It only exists on VHS. Damn it. Kenneth Branagh loves a good tape. (laughs) (laughs) But that's an interesting thing because they changed the time period of it. So it's more like, what is it, Regency era? Mm -hmm. And I, I love when people do that where they play around with the time period of things. I will say one of the best Shakespeare films, and you may have strong feelings about this. I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? You're going to say it's Romeo plus yeah, I'm Juliet. Yeah, going to say Romeo plus Juliet equals a fun viewing experience. <laughs> and here's why I like it. I think that setting of kind of like the 90s gang sort of thing in L.A. worked really well for the plot of Romeo and Juliet. And I loved the actor who played Mercutio in that mm. film. He's a great actor in general. He's been in some really good things, but I think he has one of the best Shakespearean performances ever. You remember who it is? Yes. Fact checkers going to look up the name right now. Okay. Heard. <laughs> no, I thought that that was a really good movie. Yeah. I thought Claire Danes did Claire Danes such, is such a, a good Juliet. Yeah. yeah. Harold Perrineau. Thank you. Okay. Or Perrineau. I don't know how he, it's French. He looks familiar to me. I'm sure I've seen him in other things Yeah. Too. He's been in some TV Lost. and he was in Lost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was also oh, the, wow. in Oz too. Yeah. Which you, oh. you have to watch Oz. You get to see some naked dudes. I get to see some booty? Yeah. What's his name is in it? Elliot Stabler is in it. Oh, oh yeah. Christopher Maloney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you see yeah. more than his butt. In yeah. That. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I looked up those scenes. Yeah, before. you got to watch Oz. <laughs> but Harold Perrineau is in it. He plays a prisoner in Oz, and he's also the one narrating the story of Oz okay. to you. So it's interesting. Leonardo DiCaprio, take or leave. He's, he did fine, whatever. Now, how do you feel about adaptations such as West Side Story, where they take... I like those. I think Did you watch fine. the latest? I did. What did you think of it? Was it was okay. I loved it. I didn't like... Was that Ansel Elgort who played? Really? Oh, I, I thought he did like such a great job. No, I don't like him. I don't like his face. This is not based on anything rational, though, for... It's a Rachel Rule snap oh, judgment. Oh, my God. The actress, I can never remember her name, but the one who played... Rachel Ziegler. No. No, you're thinking uh, of. What's the character's name? Not Rita. Uh, Ariana DeBose. Yeah, she did a great job. She did a fantastic Holy job. Holy crap. Yeah. She blew me away. She was so good. And yeah. then it's one of the few movies where I actually got emotional at the end. Mm. I just, I couldn't get past Ansel Elgort. I just couldn't. I thought they did such a good job. Well, yeah, but I, I like all the adaptations. And I think that's what's fun about Shakespeare is like, 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah. So I much fun. About that. Yeah. She's the man, starring everybody's favorite, Amanda Bynes. Um, I I think those are so fun. And that's what's fun about Shakespeare is that he is so old and enduring, but you can also have fun and make it for your time period. Now, how do you feel about the play Taming of the Shrew? Okay. Now, there's a lot of problematic stuff in Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) You brought a merchant of Venice earlier. Like, there's a lot of stuff that is very of the 15-1600s, where you're like, Mm -hmm. "Uh uh-oh. Mm-hmm. So I don't really love the plot of Taming of the Shrew. Like, we got to get this woman under control. And then they do. They do. It would have been so much better if they had just learned to kind of coexist. If she had been, because she, I will say, it's not just that she's this spirited woman. Right. She's deliberately cruel. Oh, yeah. She's, she's, like she's mean. a She's a bitch. So she can't really, just call strong women bitches. She's, she is a stone cold bitch. Oh, he's doubling down. I am doubling down. Because <laughs> yes. she's not just a strong spirited woman. Right. She's deliberately mean to people. Yes. I wish that it were, I guess this is, this is modernizing it, but yeah. I wish that there was something in between where he like recognized, hey, 
there's a lot of goodness in you. Maybe this is just a facade that you're putting on because you don't want to be this submissive wife who's stuck in this gilded cage kind of yeah. situation. So you don't have to do that, but you also can't be a bitch, a bitch. <laughs> just for the sake of being a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Well, some adaptation. Oh, boy. Adaptations. Adaptations. That's how the British say the it. British. British. Adaptations, Adap- ain't it? Oh, boy. This is going to be a long episode. I need to get my words right. Adaptations portray that ending scene where she's like, bowing before him is kind of like a wink wink like she's putting on the show for everybody else right, that they right, have right. the understanding and that they've actually genuinely fallen in love whereas like other adaptations like no I'm completely changed now I'll be the good woman for you well part of the problem too is the way in which he tames her yes so this is actually based on some English folklore story. I figured it probably was yeah. you read them and you're like oh gross I don't like it yeah well, and a lot of Shakespeare's stories and plots are pulled from other things. Mm-hmm. But he makes, I mean, that's the dialogue and how he makes makes it just stand out and kind of universal, but very specific to the story. So he does a good job with that. Yeah. I think it's time. To rumble. Yeah, but we're rumbling intellectually. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It's our cross-examination. Today's cross-examination, Topher, is I'm going to give you some phrases or lines. Okay. Some of these are from Shakespeare. Some Some of of them are Chet Hanks. Some of them are Chet Hanks lines. Yeah. You tell me which is which. (laughs) Surprisingly hard. (laughs) No, some of them are just from other famous poems or plays or whatever, and they're often misattributed to Shakespeare. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So we have 12. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. You decide the number. All right. Well, let's just start with one. Let's dive right into it. No man is an island. Oh, this is going to be hard. Yeah, I told you. (laughs) And I will be generous. And if it is not from Shakespeare and you correctly identify that and can tell me who it's from, I'll give you bonus points. Okay. So you do have the potential to get more than 12 points today. All right. No man is an island. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say is not Shakespeare, but I can't tell you who it is. Because it's a secret. Oh, it's a secret. It's a secret. Oh, an island secret. You are correct. Take a drink. Celebratory sip. It's so where from, is it from John Dunn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next number. Let's go with six. Okay. I will wear my heart upon my sleeve. That is Shakespeare. Okay. Do you know what play? Also, I'll give you more points if you can tell me what play or poem it's from. And this one is a play. I gave it away. Romeo and Juliet? I don't know. Mm, good guess. Othello. Othello. Okay. Yeah. I've never actually read Othello. Oh, really? I like Othello. It's an interesting play. That's got the one with... Iago. Iago, yeah. With the parrot. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say with Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> yes. Yes. Celebratory sip. All right. Next number. Two. Okay. In my heart of hearts. That's it? Mm-hmm. Because you've heard the phrase like, in heart, of, heart hearts. of hearts. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm giving you. Um, I'm going to say that that is Shakespeare and it's from a sonnet. Oh. It is Shakespeare. It's from Hamlet. Okay. You have gotten three rights so far. I just want you to know that. This is the best you've ever done. <laughs> this is not the best I've ever done. So far. <laughs> <laughs> Next number. What did I just do? Two? Yeah. Let's do five. Okay. Trying my handwriting. Music hath charms to soothe the savage beast. 
I know this quote. I'm going to say it is Shakespeare. Okay. But I don't I don't know what I and I want to say it's from a play not a poem, but I don't know which one. Okay. You're wrong. I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, who is it? It's from William Congrove from The Morning Bride from 1697. William you know William Congrove? Congrove? We've all read that. <laughs> Like, kindergartners memorize lines from that, Topher. Sounds like you are making things up right now. Well, you don't know if I would be or not. (laughs) All right, next number. Three. Okay. Dead as a doornail. Yes. Okay. That's right. Tell me where it's from in Shakespeare. Henry V. You are so close. Was it Henry IV? No, it's Henry VI. Henry VI. Part two. Part two. The sequel. Even Henry. (laughs) More Henry. Henry, Henry, Henry. (laughs) I'm giving myself a bonus point for that. I'll I'll say you're close enough to give yourself a bonus point for it. I'm not going to count it, but you can. Fact checker can choose what he wants to do. He's his own man. No man is an island, as we've learned, right? All right, next number. Four. How do I love thee? Let Let me count count the the ways. That is... Shakespeare, and it's from a sonnet. Okay. Oh, it's not, is it? Uh uh. You're wrong. Take a drink. That's from Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Mm hmm. From a poem of hers in 1850. You're right. And that was like really stupid of me because I knew that. Yeah. I knew that. Everybody was like, Topher's so stupid. Right now. <sighs> Redeem yourself. All right, next number 12. Okay. Break the ice. Oh, God. I'm going to say it is just because I really want it to be. Okay. It is from Shakespeare. Okay. It's from Taming of the Shrew. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You know the ice skating scene? (laughs) Uh, Where they sing Let It Go? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And then Amy falls through? Yes. And Lori has to rescue her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's this whole thing. It's a whole thing. All right. Next number. Seven. Okay. I have been in such a pickle. Your body's got feelings. My body's very confused. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Just yes. Okay. You're correct. What's it from? The Tempest. Which, like, why are they talking about pickles when they're stranded on an island? Well, you know, you can't help what your craving is. True. Or did they, was it a pickle ship that they were on? Mm. And they just had like, oh, we got to eat our pickles. I'm in a pickle. <laughs> also, you know, Shakespeare came up with a lot of words on his own. He did. Was pickle one of those words? No. Are you sure? 90% sure. Now I'm doubting myself a little bit. I think pickling existed pre-Shakespeare. Pickling might have, but was there a word? Was it called pickling? They're like, let's- Or was it just preserving with vinegar? Yeah, and he's like, let's shorten this to pickle. And everybody's like, oh, damn, good one. Good one, Will. No way to know. (laughs) No way to know. All right, next number. 11. Okay. All that glisters is not gold. That is Shakespeare. Okay. And I believe it's from The Merchant of Venice. (gasps) Yes! Great job. Double points for Topher. And it was glisters, not glitters. Yeah, or glistens, yeah. All right, we have eight, nine, and ten left. Let's do eight. Okay. A wild goose chase. Oh, God. That sounds like something Shakespeare would come up with. He loved to chase geese. Wild ones. Yeah. Not the tame ones. No. That's, there's no sport in that. No. 
but you haven't got me in a second. Mm. I'm going to say, yes, he did. Okay. I don't know anything beyond that. It's from Romeo and Juliet. Oh, really? Yeah. It's one of Mercutio's lines. Huh. Yeah. Okay. 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 Here we go. Two more. Nine or ten. Ten. Okay. Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. That's not Shakespeare. Okay. But I don't know who it is. Take a guess. You're correct. It's not Shakespeare. Take a guess. Byron. Oh, good guess. No, it's Alfred Lord Tennyson. Uh, well, he was contemporary of Byron. He was a little bit older than Byron. This is from 1850. But they had dinner together all the time. Did they? And he would call him daddy. Did he? Yep. Okay. And then he'd say, show me your pickle, daddy. Nope. Okay. I think this is just fan fiction <laughs> you've now created. <laughs> all right. Final one. War is the trade of kings. Shakespeare. Okay. If it's not Henry V, it's from one of the Richards. There are at least three of them. I know. know of. I've not read any of them. Yeah, I don't think I've I don't I haven't read any of the history. I don't really like other the than Julius Caesar. I was gonna say I've read St. Anthony and Cleopatra. Cleopatra yeah. yeah. Okay, but you're saying yes to Shakespeare, but you don't know which one. Yeah. Okay, you're wrong. <gasps> Take a drink. That is from John Dryden's um, poem, King Arthur, from 1691. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've not heard of him. Well, you've done? Okay. You did so well. You got 10 out of 12, Tover. Yes. Because you got the bonus. I thought I was really going to get you on this one. You almost did. That was a tricky one. That was fun. You know what? Cheers to you. That was so fun. Yeah, so I had a feeling that you were going to do something involving, um, I didn't know it was going to be phrases, which made it even harder. Yeah. But I thought there were going to be some questions about words that he's yes. come up with, which well, I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. So let's talk about the words. So he's come up with a lot of words like eyeball, bedroom. He came up with yeah. eyeball? Now, let's be fair. If you see an eye, you can generally figure out it's kind of ball shaped, right? It's but round. Still. But he made it into one thing and people are like, oh yeah, eyeball. Didn't he also come up with the name Jessica? No. He, I'm fact checker. Fact checker's gonna check that fact. Woo. I'm pretty sure that he came Shakespeare up with the wasn't name a Jessica. valley girl. He's like, Jessica. Jessica. Oh my God. But Jessica's the one of the characters. Maybe. Jessica is an older name. Jessica it's one of those is names the daughter of Shylock, right? Did he come up with Jessica? Oh my God. Shame on me. Daughter of Shylock. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll take a sip of shame. Cheers to you, Judge Tofer. Thank you. Yeah, he came up with the word fashionable. Huh. Unreal. He liked a good prefix. Yeah. He was like, there's real, so let's just put un in front of it and make it, you know, not real. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Imagine being a popular enough person in your own day. Right. That you were able to shape what language was. Right. And so many things that we use today and don't even think about because it's not slang. To it's us just, anymore. Right. It's just a word. Yeah. Right. Like a hundred years from now, people are like, no cap. But they knew, oh, that came the first recorded instance of somebody saying no cap. Was Nicki Minaj in blah, blah, blah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know who came up with no cap. I don't know either. Well, and some things <clears throat> I wonder too. Did she Cope harder. What? Cope harder. Cope harder? Yeah. It's something that a teeny bopper said to me recently on the TikTok. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Were you being bullied by a teen? I was. Oh, no, Judge Topher. Take a drink. I, I get a point for that, I think. What? what? Nobody gets points for that. It wasn't I. I wasn't the teen. 
<laughs> so with the Shakespeare inventing words, did he really invent it or was he just the first person to write it down and he got credit for it? No. I'd say there are probably instances of both. Did he hear some blacksmith like fuck up an anvil? Why they gotta be black? Okay, we're not getting into that. Some smith fuck up an anvil and be like, this is unreal, isn't it? And Shakespeare's like, oh, unreal, yes. Also, isn't it? Isn't it? He did coin in it. (laughs) (laughs) Can I some more wine, please? Then let's talk about Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. Let's talk about Oberon. King of the Fae. Thank you. It's been a really long time since I read Midsummer Night's Dream, but I do remember the basic <coughs> premise of it. Okay, so what's the basic premise? The basic premise is there's these two couples that kind of have what seems like a forbidden love situation happening, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they go off to the woods for their romantic tryst, uh-huh. but they succumb to the games of the Fae. Yes. Those tricky, tricky Fae. Tricky, tricky Fae. And so you've got... King Oberon, who's the king of the Fae. Yep. And Queen... Jessica. Jessica! Titania. Um, Titania. Yes. Titiana. Yeah. Queen Titty. She's big bosoms. Or little ones. Mm-hmm. All titties is good titties. Sure. They're kind of like in a fight. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Puck. Yes. Who is the the imp, yes. as it were, the trickster. Yeah. Um, always got to have a trickster. Got to... And he ends up, for reasons that I can't remember, gives some poor unsuspecting person a donkey head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to help you out here at the plot? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting. I mean, I got, I set the, the you scene. Set, you set the scene. Picture it. Athens. It is set in Athens. So there are basically four different plots happening in a Midsummer Night's Dream, which is a lot. It opens with Theseus and Hippolyta's wedding. She's the queen of the Amazons. Man. My Amazon. The Amazons. I love that you're like basically one glass of wine away from becoming Christine Baranski. <laughs> if only. <laughs> By the way, let's talk about the Gilded Age after the podcast is over. Yes. Yes. So it's Theseus and Hippolyta <clears throat> who they're having their wedding nuptials in a couple of days, and everybody in Athens is like, woo, marriage, woohoo, yeah. So there are part of the wedding is like, oh, we want entertainment. So they're getting like these idiots. To put on a play for them. That's where Nick Bottom comes in. And like all of his like little helper buddy friends and all that. And they're going to put on like a play for the new um, queen. There's also Hermia and Lysander who are the two lovers who are in love. But her dad doesn't want her to marry Lysander. So that's why they're like, we'll go out to the woods. Because in the woods we can get married. No one can stop us. Oh, I thought they were just going to hook up. I mean, well, that too. They're, Yeah. But the problem is Demetrius is also in love with Hermia, but Helena, Hermia's BFF, is in love with Demetrius. Well, this is not good. And if only Demetrius would just love Helena, then everything would be solved. I mean, that would honestly be like the easiest solution. It would. And that's how the play ends. And we'll talk about that because I've got problems with that ending a lot. So that's why they're out in the woods. And then also in the woods are where the fairies live, of course. Yeah. That's why we have Oberon and Titania. They're arguing over a changeling child because she wants to keep the kid. And he's like, no, I want the kid to raise as one of my servants. And she's like, no, he's mine. And so he's like, all right, well, I'm going to fuck you up. And that's when he gets Puck or Robin Goodfellow, but we just refer to him as Puck. Yeah. You get like this magical flower, which is very, like the description is very sexual of Mm. like when this flower gets ripe enough and then the, the juice that comes out of this flower, it's like. Mm, good grief. Yeah. We've all seen that flower. Yeah. 
I can't believe that that is allowed to be read in schools. <laughs> it is, like, oh, this is overtly. You heard it first here. Judge Rachel is pro banning books. You heard it. <laughs> Rachel rules, am I right? <laughs> Only the books I like can be taught. So then they're all out in the woods, and that's when Nick Bottom and his other folks are, like, rehearsing the play. So it takes place in the woods, right? Mm -hmm. And like you said, Puck sees Nick Bottom, and he's acting like an ass because he's this idiot who doesn't know he's dumb. So he's like, well, I'm going to make him into an ass. (laughs) I'm mischievous. (laughs) He gives him a donkey head and then puts this flower juice on Titania so that when she wakes up, she'll fall in love with the first creature she sees, which is this Nick Bottom with a donkey head. Right. So Bron's like, I'm telling on humiliate my wife. Because that's how you resolve marital conflict. I mean. Would you do that to fact checker if you could? No. He's he's only allowed to be in love with me. But even for the lulls, like you wouldn't make him fall in love with some ridiculous figure. No. Like, haha, you dummy. I'm way too jealous for that. Okay. Okay. That, That tracks. Would you make your imp give him a donkey head if you were mad at him? He would enjoy that, I feel like, just for a day. He'd be like, hmm, I'm going to eat all the hay. Um, nom, 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 nom. Yeah, fact checker's nodding. He's He would like a donkey head, yeah. He's wearing donkey socks. They're smart asses. <laughs> that's, oh, that's funny. Yeah. I've I realized seen, that. I wasn't well, told. I'm just now seeing the socks. <laughs> this must be new. Do you not check his socks before he leaves the home? I don't. I you try- got to check your man's socks before he leaves the house. I'm trying to give him more autonomy. Okay. <laughs> In, in his dressing. Oh, you don't lay he, his clothes out the night before? He picked for his outfit out today. That's a good outfit. It's very Shakespearean, like a loose top. A little blousy a kind little of A little blousy. Yeah, but yeah. then you got the flowers from Midsummer Night's Dream going on. Or Ophelia. Or Ophelia. You got your donkey socks on. Yeah, he's very Midsummer Night's Dream, actually. Yeah. I'm wearing tight leather pants. Made from a donkey? <laughs> oh, no. No, but they're good for sword fighting. Are they good for sword fighting? They are. I feel like your mobility would be really, limited. No, these are very stretchy. Okay. And they're great. They look really good on my butt when I lunge. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I actually know how to sword fight, right? You don't actually know how to sword fight. You took okay, fencing. Okay, that's a lie. You took fencing. That's true. For like one semester in yes. college. You don't know how to sword fight. Well, we'll get some swords and see, <laughs> won't we? <laughs> All right, back to Midsummer Night's Dream. Anyway. Anyway. So Hermia and Lysander go out to the woods and they want to fall in love. There aren't going to be spoilers here, are there? No. Okay. Oberon overhears them and then Demetrius follows them and Helena follows him because she's desperate. It's like, girl, respect yourself. (laughs) There are other dudes in Athens. Right. Like, you're a catch. Have some self-love. Is she, though? Yeah, she's like, yeah, portrayed as being smart and cute. And she's like, I'm just as good as Hermia. Why don't you love me? She's portrayed as smart. Well, not smart with love, I guess. I was going to say, I mean, famously in the visual medium, when people are portrayed as smart, they're not necessarily portrayed as the most attractive. Well, she's not an idiot. She's of average human intelligence. <laughs> Let's say that. All right. So there are all the, all the four out in the woods lovers and they get turned around and mixed up. They're like, oh no, what are we going to do? And they go and take a nap and Oberon over here. <laughs> As one famously does. Yeah. When you get lost in the woods, you're like, man, I got to sleep this off. Honestly. What else are you going to do? Honestly. If you got lost in the woods, at some point you're like, oh, I'm going to sleep. Yeah. Nothing I can do to get myself out of this. This is, this is too much. Mm-hmm. So when Oberon like overhears this and he tells Puck, he was like, oh, okay, here's how we're going to fix this love triangle. You're going to put the love juice on this guy so he'll fall in love with Helena and make it all right. 
But Puck fucks it up and puts it on Lysander instead of Demetrius. But then also puts it on Demetrius, too. Or maybe Oberon does that. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But it reverses. The love triangle? I don't know what shape that is. Square? So Square-ish? Rhombus? A rhombus. Yeah, yes. I think it's a rhombus. So then So both, Helena becomes in love with... Nope. So then both of the dudes are now in love with each Helena. Each other. Wouldn't that be fun? But no. Yes. Yes, so it would be fun. Both of the dudes then fall in love with Helena, and Hermia wakes up. She's like, oh, Lysander, my love, let's wake up. And he's like, get away from me, you uggo. I Which, love honestly, Helena. it's about time that Hermia got her comeuppance because she's been used to being the pretty popular one well, her entire life. and that comes out between Hermia and Helena. They start bickering back and forth, and they're, like, catfighting, and the guys are like, no, we both want Helena. Get away, you terrible nasty and that's the most unrealistic part of the play because honestly the fact that they weren't like well here's some mud go wrestle in it for us <gasps> new idea we set a midsummer night's dream in a sorority fraternity setting and helena and hermia have to like mud wrestle at one point okay and because don't they do that in sororities i wasn't in one i don't I know i don't know i don't know there's no way of telling fact checker can you check that fact <laughs> No, it wasn't fact checker. We were academic. We were reading Shakespeare's. I clearly have proven to you today. <laughs> also, we could do it so that it's set in a female MMA. Ooh, so. I like that. Yeah, I like it. And Titania is like the queen of them. Yeah. I mean, right? Titania is an MMA female fighter name, right? It is because like Titania. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I think we've just come up with a new concept. Okay, trademarked. Trademarked. Yeah, so like this whole, it's like a play of like lovers being in love with the wrong person and it all gets fixed, quote unquote, at the end when Bottom is turned back into a normal human. He and his buddies put on their terrible play for Theseus and Hippolyta and everybody's watching like, oh, this is so bad, but you guys did a good job, I guess. And then Lysander is fixed, so he falls back in love with Hermia, and they're together, and they get wet, and Theseus is like, <laughs> It sounded like you said they get wet. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what happens that night. Yeah, um, you do. Well, yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, I do. And Theseus is like, I'm the Duke of Athens. I can say who gets married and who doesn't. So he's like, you two could get married. But then they keep Demetrius in love with Helena because of the love potion, which is messed up, don't you think? Like all's well that ends well. That's a different play. Like yeah, it the play ends nicely, but he's been tricked into loving this person. Would you want that for yourself? Do I know that I've been tricked into it? No. Well, would you want to be with somebody if you knew they were tricked into loving you? How hot is that person? As hot as you want them to be. Fact checker. I put a potion on fact checker. Okay. You don't care about his free will. No. <laughs> Sorry, that was dumb of me. I'm going to take a drink out of shame. Thank I you. Yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't be with somebody who was under a love potion? No. Of course not. Yeah, you're all holier than thou, and you're all like, consent. Oh. Wow, Topher. Wow. Topher's anti-consent. We've heard it here first. Only romantically. A Topher. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it better, right? No, he's just like, oh, whatever. I'm in love with her now. Cool. But nobody's like, but that's not what you want wanted. I mean, the alternative is that he pines the rest of his life for this person who he, he can't would have. get over it. He could. You over don't it. know that. Yeah, I do. We're buds. 
<laughs> well, then why haven't you told Demetrius that he he's... won't listen to me about it? No, it is kind of fucked up. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah. And everybody's just like, oh, happy ending to the play. Yay. And Oberon Titanium make up. They're like, oh, we're not fighting anymore. Which, okay. Yeah, I got, I don't like that ending. How would you have it end? Like the potion to wear off and for him to realize like, oh, hello, that's pretty cool. We'll give it a shot. <laughs> so basically you want the same ending just uh, with a different yes. means to the end. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They don't have to get married right then and there. But they can, like, we'll go grab a coffee and see how it goes. This particular time period of Athens was famously known for going on coffee dates. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. You get it. You're like, and after that, if things go well, we'll go and paint some pottery together. Yes. Athens is known for its pottery. Yes. <laughs> so this is your favorite play? No. What was your, which one was your favorite? I like Hamlet. Hamlet's your favorite? Yeah. But Hamlet's also very whiny, and I don't care for his whininess. Hmm. Like, to be or not to be, just decide, Hamlet. <laughs> wow. That wow. sounds really very insensitive to people who are struggling with their mental health. Topher, don't you twist my words. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, Hamlet's too whiny. I'm like, just kill your uncle already. Or don't. Get on with your life. <laughs> also, it's Denmark. If you're not the king, that's okay. Right? Sorry, think- Denmark. <laughs> You know, are we just offending a lot of people for very weird reasons today? A lot of people today, (laughs) and Danish, our Danish subsidiaries are going to be very. Our subsidiaries? Yeah, they're going to be very upset with us. Wait, do you have a big corporation set up in Denmark? No. (laughs) I would never. What? How how much money have you invested into Danish pastries at this point? (laughs) Into Danishes? Yes. I thought that I was giving to the people, but instead I just keep getting all these pastries. <laughs> Fact checker's not complaining. No, he'll eat a He's good like, day. give me more pastries with cheese. Yeah, do you like Danishes, by the way? I do like Danishes. They're okay. I mean, it's not like, you know how I am with like sweets and breakfast foods in general. I, same, I don't like sweets at breakfast. And I don't really eat breakfast. Yeah, if I'm going to eat a breakfast, it's going to be a savory, not a sweet breakfast. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're both right on that. Cheers, we both Cheers. get a point. We do. We tie now? I'm up yes. to like 16 points at this point. Oh. Fact checker, how many points do I have? I think I have more than two. How dare you? I'm going to find some magic fucking flower and put it on you later. Then we'll see who feels things. I'm going to turn boyfriend's head into a donkey head. He wouldn't mind, probably. But would you? Yes. Well, that's the point. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, anything new from the wine that we're getting? It's fruitier. Mm-hmm. It's not as tart. It's mellowing out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe some pear. I could see pear. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's less malolactic at this point. Mm-hmm. The creaminess is subsiding, and it's more fruit-forward, mm. which is nice. Mm-hmm. That's more what I like in a Chardonnay. Would you still want to drink it on a hay ride? Or no? Yes. Okay. I would drink it on a hair ride. A what? A hair ride. A hair ride? Isn't that what you said? Nope. I said, hey, mm-hmm. I believe I was enunciating very well. Let's do some playback, nope. producer. Nope. <laughs> hey, ride. <laughs> <laughs> producer, please just cut that in to where I'm <laughs> I would also drink this 
during the wintertime okay. by a fire pit or something like that. Okay. Would you drink it on a midsummer night? Probably not on a midsummer night. Okay. Okay. It's a bit heavy. Okay. For me for that. Okay. But maybe. Okay. I don't know. It depends on where I am, I guess. In Atlanta, things can get very, very humid on a midsummer night. That's true. But if I were, I don't know, in the woods, Carneros, where this was oh, made, Carneros, okay, on a midsummer night, it might be kind of chill and windy. It could be. So, all right. Now, didn't you send us a quiz for this episode as well? I did. It was a BuzzFeed quiz, which, which are famously accurate. So accurate. Yes. Yes. Like eerily accurate. Eerily accurate. Yeah. I'm really curious if we got the same. It was which Shakespeare character are you? Yeah. I got Hermia from A Midsummer Night's Oh, did Dream. you? Well, you must have loved that. It was okay. I was like, I because I like the woods sometimes. You're pretty unpopular. Thank you. Yes. That's accurate. Thank you, BuzzFeed. What did so, you get? I didn't even know going into it who I wanted to get. Okay. And then I ended up getting exactly the right person, and oh. it worked out perfectly. Who did you get? I got Beatrice. Oh, from Much Ado perfect. About Nothing. Yeah. So it was absolutely perfect. She is my favorite character, yeah. which I didn't even think about as I was doing the quiz, uh-huh. and I'm not sure how I got her. Okay. But I got her. Perfect. Yeah, I can see that for you. And fact checker got Mercutio. Oh, I could see you as a good Mercutio. Yeah. Yeah. The major descriptor for my character was F the patriarchy. Okay. Nice. What about yours? Though she bit... mm, (laughs) Though she be bit little, she is fierce, which is not true. That's just a line from the play. I'm not a little person. You are a little person. No. You're itty bitty. No. You fit in my hand. No, I'm a a substantially sized person, I'd say. Teeny, itty, itty. No, I'm not a little guy. (laughs) You're Mercutio fact checker? Do you feel that fits you? Yeah, I'd say. You like to party. You like to have a good time. You also like to egg your friends on a little bit, too, but also call them out on their bullshit. And ready to fight for... Yeah, and you're always famously getting stabbed to death, so. <laughs> Spoilers! And then putting a plague on both their houses. <laughs> plague on both your houses. Yeah, it's a fun I know. Okay. I know. Have you read it, though? <laughs> Do you know? Romeo and... Juliet? Yeah. Okay. So I did, when I was a kid, print, and this is very embarrassing. <gasps> I mispronounced Montague. Oh. I thought that it was French. Oh. And so I would pronounce it Montague. Okay. I could see that. How'd you pronounce Capulet? Capulet. Oh, I don't think he did. <laughs> Capulet. Capulet. Ole, Capulet. Julie Capulet. I like it. So you say Ophelia is your favorite character? Character. Yeah. I like the complexity of her. I think of the tragedies, she is such a tragic character too, because she does nothing wrong. She's just like, I'm sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. What? She steals from that blood bank in act two. So there's that. There were famously lots of blood banks in Denmark. And then you remember when she graffitis the slur on the middle school? <gasps> Ophelia, how could you? She's trying to be cool. It was a bad slur, too. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't even want to know. Uh-uh. It was nope. racist no. and homophobic. Oh, no, Ophelia. <laughs> I think 
from the play Hamlet, she is the most tragic figure, not Hamlet. All she is doing is she's just like there, her father and brother are trying to use her as this like political pawn, but she also loves them. Like there's the complex relationship there with them. And she's in love with Hamlet and he's kind of in love with her, but then he's like real mean to her for no reason. And she's just like trying to live her life. But these horrible men in her life just push her to the brink and she snaps and she's like, fuck it. I'm going to go on a weird little flower monologue and then die, everybody. Peace out. Peace out. To be or not to be? How about not Not to to be? be. And here's a flower. Goodbye. (laughs) That's so funny because my favorite character is Beatrice. And it's because I identify so much with her. Okay. I want to be the smartest one in the room. Uh Uh-huh. The wittiest. Yeah. I don't want to conform to, like, what other people think I should be. But then also when somebody's like, okay, but, you know, they really, really like you over there. I'm like, oh, my God, they like me? Like, wait, for real? Like, for real, though? For real? Yeah. I can, yeah, I can see you as... Beatrice a lot. And then when somebody crosses somebody that I love. You murder them. What's, oh, Claudio, I'm all kill Claudio. Yeah. With your machine gun and your cannon. (laughs) Yeah, I see. I can see how you like Beatrice with the similarities between the two of your personalities. Yeah. Well. Is it time? Is it? Is it? Shakespeare famously said... To be or not to be? Time's a ticking. Decide. <laughs> All right. So who are we trying? What are we doing here? What do you, you decide. I think it's a separate trial. Okay. Okay. So let's go first with. Let's go with the Oberon wine okay. first. Okay. Not, not guilty. guilty. I like this. This is delightful. It is delightful. How much was this? Do you remember? Um, maybe like 20-ish bucks. Okay. Not super expensive. Yeah, I would I would pay $20 for this Yeah, you know I'm not going to drop a lot of money yeah. on a bottle of wine, so yeah. 100%. It's refreshing. Mm-hmm. It opens up and has some complexity to it. Yeah. It's not going to break the bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into it. I will say the bottle is nice and the art is fine, but they had a real missed opportunity with putting some fairies on the label. I would agree with that. I'm not really sure... What the dove with the grapes is on the bottle. Yeah. But it might be a Mondavi thing. Could be. Okay. And for Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Not guilty. Oh, tell me why. Because there are so many problematic things. There are. Even from a not sociopolitical, which there are those. Yes. But just from a literary point of view, like you were saying, in terms of the fact that Demetrius inexplicably just keeps, like, just too many convenient things sometimes with some of his comedies. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the comedies are like, oh, and everybody's happy and they're married at the end. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Works out fine. I understand why he's super important. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though you haven't read any of his work, you've said. (laughs) As I've said many times throughout this podcast, I've <laughs> never read anything that he's written. Because Judge Hofer does not know how. No. No. I just do the picture books. He's like, I am a pentameter. What's that? What is that? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I said not guilty just because of the lasting impact of Shakespeare. He has over 4 billion 
copies of his works sold. How many copies of his works do Hitler have sold? Do do Hitler does Hitler have? <laughs> Wait, what? Overruled. Where's the gavel? <laughs> I was trying to make a snarky point. And it you are in it didn't work. work. So yeah, I, I get the point that like popularity does not mean good quality. Yeah, I'd say that. But I think just because of the impact that Shakespeare has, like you cannot talk about literature without talking about Shakespeare's impact on things. I and can. even just, well, you're wrong then. <laughs> even just in like popular culture, the words we use, the phrases we okay, use. Okay, you know what? I, I will agree with that and I will change my verdict. Oh, you don't have to, but thank to you. I'm not guilty. I think that means I win the cross-examination now. No. Too late, we cheers. <laughs> Let's ask for a tally of the points again that have been won. I think that was worth 100 points. Oh, Fact Checker's saying two to two. He's saying we're tied now. I don't know where your 14 other points went. What the fuck? <laughs> I even got that amazing bonus point. You did. You did really well. I'm proud of you, Tover. I, I, I can read. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> I'm a real boy who can read. That's right. I believe it. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this very literary episode. We obviously had some very hard-hitting points and yeah, we sure. delved into some very intellectual things. Sure. We're basically like Shakespeare experts. Yeah. If you saying. had trouble understanding any of the points that we went into, <laughs> feel free to reach out to us at True Crimes Against Wine slash Rachel. No, I was going to say attention, Topher. <laughs> But you can reach us for real at Gmail, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. That's right. And tell us what your favorite Shakespearean play is, or if you've had this Oberon wine. Yeah. Or listen, we are listen. trying, we're trying, listen. listen, 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 Linda, listen, we're trying to source wine too. So if you yeah. have some wines that you found that you think that we should be featuring, we would love to hear about it. Yeah, let us know. We love a good suggestion. Mm -hmm. And we will send you swag. That's right. In return. We will. It's very valuable swag too. Yep. It's gold bars with our two crimes against wine logo in them. And it will stand the test of time. Yeah, because gold doesn't go bad, right? Not this gold. Oh, okay, you heard it here. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Cheers.